Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is my favorite thing in the world to do. Return a bad gift. It's Chris Ranji with Nate Gatter today. Amy Marks Kors is out. So it is the day after Christmas. And, you know, yesterday was the day that most people get together and, and share their gifts with one another. And to talk about what happens next, uh, we will visit with um, our good friend Edgar Dworsky on the Quiver River Electric guest line today. We've got Edgar visiting with us. He is the co-founder of, or the founder, actually, of Consumer World, and he's visiting with us this morning. How's it going, Edgar? I'm fine. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yesterday was ho, ho, ho. Today is oi, oi, oi. <laughs> so, all right. So we know it's, um, uh, I was just talking earlier about how I like to return gifts and a lot of, not gifts, I don't mean it that way, but I don't mind making returns. Let me say it that way. Uh, a lot of people are against that. A lot of people will not return gifts. Is, is there any data, data to suggest that people are doing it more frequently or less frequently than they used to? I don't have any data either way, but I tell you, if you walk into a Target or Walmart today, the lines at the courtesy desk are going to be very, very long. Um, so I think people always will return gifts, and certainly today is probably the biggest return day of the year. Yeah, so I know that um, by a study that, that you have done, Consumer World's 20th Annual Return Policy Survey, some places are a little more strict than they used to be in terms of returns. A- absolutely. We're seeing some stores um, charging return fees if you want to send back the goods by mail. For example, Macy's just began a, a charge of $9.99 if you bought something online and you want to return it by mail, if you're not a loyalty club member, um, we saw TJ Maxx and Marshalls add a dollar to their return fee. It's now 11.99 to return stuff by mail. But in both these cases, as with you know virtually all retail stores, if you go back in person, they're not charging a fee. They haven't come up with that idea yet. Actually, let me take that back. H&M tried it for a day or two earlier in the year, and I think they got such blowback they dropped it. Edgar, you mentioned those long lines today at those big retailers at the courtesy desk. Unfortunately, I think I might have to be a part of one this afternoon at Macy's because I have an item that I bought, uh, I think, either Black Friday or maybe Cyber Monday that is one of the many, many exceptions that Macy's makes to their policy they like to really advertise, which is that you have until, I don't remember, January something to return, quote-unquote, most items that you buy in November and December, the idea being that, of course, you wouldn't know you they'd need to be returned until after Christmas, but they have this laundry list of exceptions that applies to many, many items people might buy as gifts. There's like 20 or 30 exceptions. You know, gone are the days of all returns in 30 days, no questions asked. The survey that I did was 11 retailers like Amazon, Best Buy, Costco, Macy's, Staples, Target, Walmart, 
all, all those guys, it totaled 78 pages of a Word document, wow. um, 36,000 words. So they are complex, and they certainly, for electronics, for example, some, app, some stores that will take back Apple products only give you 14 or 15 days to return them. And they, in some cases, could be excluded from the holiday return policy. So if you're going back to the store, my advice is read the policy before you get to the store. That way you know exactly what your rights are, what your obligations are. Edgar, we were talking earlier in the show about sort of individuals having widely varying return habits and whether they do or don't return things, what their attitudes are about that when they're actually buying a product, if they're thinking about how easy it would or wouldn't be to return things. Considering that this is such a big part of your professional life, that you are a consumer of uh, return policies and their details, what kind of returner or non-returner are you as an individual consumer? I try not to buy too much. And if I'm buying something, I want to be really sure um, that it's what I want. So I have done the thorough research. I think too many people only do the research after the fact and they, you know, go to a review site, you know, for televisions or whatever. And they go, oh, it only got, you know, 6.1 stars. Uh, I better bring it back. And frankly, this is true of consumerism generally. When do people call the office to ask about their lemon law rights? After they bought the car and realize it has a problem. How many people call in advance to understand you know, the, their rights uh, beforehand? Very few, unfortunately. So, but there's a large enough window, and as you say, you know, to the end of January in most cases, to return things. So I tell people, don't go back today. The lines are going to be long. People's tempers might be a little bit short. Go back in a couple of days. You'll still be able to exchange the goods. The one thing you should not expect if you're the gift recipient, you're not going to get cash back, even if you have a gift receipt. Oh, okay. So is that true in most, you know, like larger stores, Walmart, uh, Macy's, you know, other department stores? Is it you... Ab- Absolutely. Re- okay. I, I don't know anyone, if you're the gift recipient, who's going to give you cash back. Oh, that, even oh okay. With, even you're... with the receipt, it's the original purchaser who, if they put it on their credit card, can get back a credit card credit. Or if the original purchaser paid by cash, the original purchaser gets that back, not the gift recipient. I gotcha. They'll get merchandise credit or an even exchange. Yeah, that that does make sense. I can't imagine that you would buy something and then give it to somebody else and they can return it for money. Yeah, okay. That does make sense. It would be a neat thing if you could. (laughs) Right. Um, We're talking to Edgar Dwarf. I'm going to cash in this coat. I'm sorry. (laughs) After winter. (laughs) I mean, this year you haven't needed a coat, so uh, where we are anyway. What is a great or some of the best places to go for reviews? I know that some websites have their own reviews for each item. Sometimes there aren't that many reviews. I don't know what to trust. Are there places you like to go prior to purchasing an item that are good for independent reviews? I mean, certainly Consumer Reports is a good one to go to. There are some for, for TVs. Uh, the name escapes me, but it, it's absolutely sensational. And what I found really helpful, because, you know, at Consumer Reports are kind of these, you know, one-shot deal places, um, they don't live with the product for very long. They go through their testing process, and then they're done. 
So reading the reviews with a grain of salt at the end of you know the Amazon product listings, Best Buy, that really gives you a sense of real owners and what problems they've had you know, with the particular product. Um, I, I, I just can't think of anyone, any other uh, way to do it other than seeing what real people and some of the experts have to say about the product. Don't do it after the fact. You can go there to find out how to tweak the TV to the right settings, but you should have read which were the good ones to start with. So what's wrong with my psychology? Because I like to some, not most of the time, but enough times, uh, I like to buy something and then tell myself as I'm about to pay for it that ah, I can always bring this back if I don't want it. Um, if I just if I get home and have second thoughts, what's what do you suppose is wrong with me? There, there's nothing wrong with you, and I think a lot of people have been doing that. You know, particularly online purchases. You know, they'll buy three of whatever it is if it's a clothing item in different sizes, let's say, or different colors, and they return the two. What that winds up doing is costing the retailer a fortune. That's why we keep seeing more and more online retailers charging for returns. Um, there were some estimates that it may cost you know, up to 40% of the purchase price for them to process the returns. Maybe they have to sell it at a markdown price. Um, so you are contributing to what ultimately turns into higher prices or higher fees. Get Thank up. you very much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> Edgar's oh, okay. my favorite guest of the day now. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I knew so. There is something wrong with me. Okay. Well, uh, but and, you're in good company. You and your many other uh, disciples are all a malignant force I'll just in say our it's, society. I'll just say it's billions of people. Um, <laughs> Edgar, as we say goodbye, is there any bit of news, or not news, but any bit of advice that we can give people this week? I mean, basically, know the return policy before you go. Try not to open the package. Bring back the package with all the warranties and, and user manuals, like you can't use the manual anymore, right, um, in, inside the product. Have, have that gift receipt and keep your fingers crossed and be nice. Okay. If you approach the courtesy desk with pinkies up, you'll most likely get um, some satisfaction. Edgar, appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye, guys. Bye now. Edgar Dworsky, uh, founder and editor of Consumer World. That is consumerworld.org. That's the website. So I do feel... Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Kind of bad because I'm contributing uh, to a, a massive American problem. You are. You're making things more expensive for all of us. You're making us all. The working families well, stop, are suffering because then of stop you. stop offering free returns. Well, they are. They're taking you up on that, and now Stop they're going to charge you. Don't do free shit. I I pay Amazon. You know uh, yeah. how much is it a year for the membership? Prime? I don't know. Yeah, Prime. What, is it a hundred, one twenty, something like that? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I do that. And the thing he said about like two different sizes. Oh, I've totally done that. Too. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. have done that. Uh, um, the other well, how thing, are you supposed to look? It's how can you possibly know if you buy clothing? If it's going to fit or not, because sometimes sizes fluctuate, 
You know, sometimes a large in on uh, one company is not a large for another. Just take your best guess and buy them one at a time, like a decent American who doesn't want to make everyone else suffer. I'm trying. That's why I buy two so that I can send one back. Anyway, uh, the one other thing, and I didn't want to interrupt him, you know, and and because we were there trying to get his expertise. The he mentioned that you can't get, you know, you were talking about how you can't get cash back for for something. Yeah. That's a, a, in most, if not all cases, it's illegal for a retailer or a restaurant or anybody who accepts a charge on a credit card to give you cash as a refund for that credit card. It's an anti-money laundering oh, uh, yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. If you had a small business, it'd be a real scheme. It would be a great way to launder money to get people to buy things that, you know, for hundreds of dollars on credit cards, and then they come in and return them and you give them dirty cash back. And now you've got that clean cash that came from the credit card company and you've got the product back to resell it and you could just keep cycling around. So we should talk to the FBI about it. Call the call the St. Louis field office of the FBI. Find out if they are um, going after any Monday money launderers. How many, how are, many uh, undercover people do they have out at smaller retailers today watching out for cash refunds? How many people are walking in trying to get a cash refund? I'll tell you what I think. Shouldn't you know that? Aren't you a a junior agent? Didn't you? I'm a junior agent. Yeah. Technically, I never got a badge, but I did get a a or any money laundering education. I guess I have no money laundering certificate. You you need to get the junior certificate in white collar. I don't even know how to do money laundering. Well, I just told you how. I wonder if it would be a good idea for me to learn. I, mean, I, just gave, m- I gave you the crash course. I mean, it's just by, by cooking the books. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go out there all willy-nilly. I need to know details. I need to have everything locked down before I get involved. I mean, you you will probably get caught. You know what? You could watch, you you could watch Ozark. Ozark uh, has a decent amount of money laundering. Uh, they don't go into a lot of the detail, but you can see the, the bare bones of money laundering, usually in cash-rich businesses like bars and strip clubs and things like that. I don't know. I feel like if I go into money laundering... I'm I'm very likely to get murdered, so I don't think I'm yeah. gonna. Well, that again, theme of Ozark, yeah, there is some murder. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. We need to talk uh, City SC at some point here. In fact, let's do it when we come back because good, they Ranji. do they do have their schedule. It's out. Their man, this off season is like five days long. Um, the MLS schedule is coming up very very quickly. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. We're going to talk to Matt Pauly at the bottom of the hour. we got plenty of sports stuff to get uh, into with him. Get into a little Cardinals with him, some Blues, some uh, Missouri football, because they have a big game this week on Friday. It's Friday the bowl game, 29th. I can't do numbers. Um, on the 29th is their bowl game uh, against Ohio State. So we'll, we'll see if they're going to win, and Matt Pauly will have the answer for us at the bottom of the hour. I've got Nate Gatter who is in studio with me. And Nate, first of all, why, why is the soccer season so long? Why is the off season? I always joke about the NHL off season because it feels like three weeks and then they play again. The MLS season is even longer. It and I'm, not, I'm happy to have soccer coming back, but man. And in some ways, it's it's shorter than the typical European season, which is essentially the school year. They play from like mid-August to mid-May. Yep. And then during the summers, most of the players play with their national teams. If you're a European player who's on a, a, Euro, a top-flight European national team, then every two years you're playing in a major summer tournament, whether that's the European Championships or the World Cup. In this case, MLS Cup was on December 9th. Now, of course, City did not play nearly that long, but... Had they made it all the way to MLS Cup, they would have been looking at a turnaround of about a month from MLS Cup to when their preseason practice starts. And now their first game in the CONCACAF Champions Cup is scheduled for February 20th. 
which uh, actually is not that much earlier than, uh, than their MLS opener, which is scheduled for February 24th. So it really only moved things a little bit earlier. I think we were anticipating uh, maybe more of a difference there. Uh, at least that was some of the conversation at the time. The CONCACAF Champions Cup, for those who are, unfam- are who are familiar with European soccer, is essentially just the Champions League that UEFA runs. If you're not familiar with it, soccer is comfortable with these many concurrent competitions that are going on, and there's been a bunch of drama in U.S. soccer circles about whether MLS teams were or were not going to participate in the U.S. Open And they Cup. pulled out of it, They right? did, and then U.S. soccer basically said you're not allowed to do that, and MLS, okay. it seems, has caved. And, we'll and we'll talk about that in a second. We I want to ask, that's we'll a really that. interesting thing. The CONCACAF Champions Cup essentially is the top teams in all the domestic leagues in CONCACAF, which is North America, more or less, qualifying through into a, a continental tournament that that to decide a continental champion. So just think of it as as a sort of best of the best kind of situation. And uh, City will play the Houston Dynamo in a a uh, two legged game to start the Concacaf Champions Cup in February. So that's part of the reason that uh, the off season is as short as it is. All right. So now you've got this. Um, there was just the draft, the that special draft that happens every year. Just happened. What um, are they better? Not particularly. So. They made an interesting decision. They did not have picks in the early rounds. They traded back up from number 55 to number 17, I think it was, in order to draft a, a, a player out of Wake Forest who is interesting primarily in that he occupies an international drafts, uh, international roster spot. There are a limited number of non-American players or non-green card holding players you can have on your team at, at any particular time. But there is some flexibility there because you can also trade those international slots. I don't remember if it's seven or eight slots that each team gets by default, but you can acquire those slots and you can send them or receive them. And City had previously purchased with general allocation money an international roster spot from Nashville SC. They then purchased, along with their second round pick, Nashville's first rounder, which was number 17, and selected Jose Kojima, uh, out of Wake Forest at number 17. It's not common that a super, the super draft is not especially important compared to drafts in other sports because so much of the MLS talent pool comes outside either through yeah. the academy system and they never play college, even if they're American or from outside the U.S. and they're not exposed to the college system in the same way. So it's in some ways not ideal to have to use an international slot on a player who typically as super draft player is not expected to make a major impact. On the other hand, and the analog to this in baseball would be when a player slips in the in the draft because they have really high signing bonus demands. Because he was going to need an international roster spot, Kojima dropped lower than expected. He was not the 17th most talented player in the pool, and no team would have thought that. And I think City seized their opportunity to get a higher talent player, even if it came with sort of the additional acquisition cost of having to buy an international slot and then use it on a super draft rookie. So this team got off to a terrific start last, well, last season, just this past season. Uh, we know how everything ended. We know it didn't go as well as they were they were hoping to. Would you suspect, and I guess there's no way to really know for sure, once the 2024 campaign begins, um, do you think that what we saw toward the end of the year is closer to what they are? Or is it... Is it more at the beginning of the season? Or are they somewhere in the middle? I mean, it seems like a cop-out answer, but is that the reality? It's definitely somewhere in the middle if you consider the end to be four straight losses. 
Um, uh, my concern is they're likely to play even more games this year than they did last year with the addition of the CONCACAF Champions Cup to their schedule. And already, I think a lack of depth really hurt them at the end of the season. To be careful what I say, because I got a lot of criticism. Yeah, because you were uh, crapping all over City SC for some reason. I, I was I was not going that far. I got a lot of criticism for suggesting that I think they did not spend as much money as they should have relative to the amount of revenue that they're bringing in from their extremely expensive tickets, all of which sold for the entire season. I didn't love that they were, depending on the point of the season, the second or third lowest spending team, and they left a designated player slot, one of those three slots you can have on players where you can spend as much money as you want without it it, uh, counting against the cap. They left one unfilled. They only had two DPs instead of the three they could have had. There are some advantages to not filling that third spot, but they also didn't fill their U22 initiative slots, of which you get more if you only have two DPs. So I don't really see the, the logic there either. They have been consistent in that they're about a designated team. They don't want to spend money just to spend money, certainly, and they don't want to rush this process. I think it's reasonable they expected last year to be a little more of a building year rather than a contending year compared to what it turned into. At the same time, I think it's frustrating that they didn't have a better right back in particular. They got exposed there by the top teams down the stretch, and they got exposed there certainly on the counter by SKC in the first game of the playoff series. I think it's frustrating they didn't have a better midfielder, uh, something that they're, they've they worked on addressing already with a trade with DC United, uh, because I think that put a lot of miles on Edward Leuven's legs, took him out of the more attacking role where he was at his best in the first half of the season. He looked like a shell of himself by the end, which I think is a combination of how they were using him and also the mileage on his legs. Uh, I, I would have liked to see those two spots filled. To be fair, they have already taken big steps to fill the, both of those with acquiring Dirk in a midfielder in a trade from DC United. And then they brought in Tomas Totland from uh, the Swedish first division. He's expected to play at right back, a, a relatively big acquisition by MLS standards. Uh, so I think they are taking steps to, to fill both of those roles. Maybe it wasn't realistic, especially the intra-league trade during the season, but disappointing that they weren't able to do it sooner and address those needs. Well, they um, they better be a whole lot better next year, or I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> Nate Gatter, you're the best. Thank you for the information. You're not going anywhere, though. You still have another... No, that made me sound like a guest. Yeah, you still, you still have like another 90 minutes with me, pal. Yeah, we're halfway through, Ron. Matt Pauly's coming up next. Nate Gatter, Chris Ronji on the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. I got Nate Gatter with me. He's in for Amy Marks Cores. I don't know where she is. Uh, Chris Ron, because Christmas is over, man. Get back to work. You just interrupted yourself in the middle of your own name. Chris Ranji, uh, hanging out with Nate Gatter today. It's time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning. We talk with Matt Pauly, who joins us two times a week, uh, with us on Monday and with us on Thursday, and he's with us again. What's going on, Matt Pauly? It's Tuesday. What? I was going to oh, say, notably, damn, today, right. today is neither a Monday nor a Ooh. Thursday. So Wait, are you usually? Yeah, you're usually Monday. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm not dumb. I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> it just sounded dumb. Yeah, They're sorry. not related. Oh, I guarantee you people at work today, I bet right now, people working, 35% of them at least thought it was Monday at some point. I mean, and it I bet it's like a Monday. I bet it's more like half. So I'm not that stupid. Matt Pauly, uh, real quick question. We've been talking a lot about making returns because today – is the biggest return day of the year, obviously. Christmas was yesterday, so today people return the gifts they don't want, don't like, or can't fit in. Um, 
Do you like to return items to the store? As opposed to... Just keeping it and wearing it. Just deal with it. Hey, sorry. No, we return stuff. I I think the Amazon thing has has made returns so much easier, and all of a sudden everybody just kind of gets used to doing returns. You know, you you buy something on Amazon, it doesn't work. You run to Kohl's or the UPS store or whatever, and they package it up for you and they send it back. So uh, I would say I am more willing to return things now than I was years ago. We talked to a uh, consumer expert, Edgar Dworsky, a moment ago, and he said today is the day that a lot of fights happen. A lot of arguments, people yelling at uh, employees and and whatnot. Do you think that you would be more inclined to return stuff in person because of the opportunity to get in a fight? No. No. I would say this. If I walk into a store (laughs) and I'm planning on returning something and the line is crazy, I'm not standing in line to return something. I can come back to Target tomorrow. I agree with you. I'm the same. I, I like to go to stores on Christmas Eve. I like to go to the mall. It's just a thing that I've always liked to do. And there were certain stores that had lines to get into the store. And I thought, you know what? If this was me having to absolutely get a particular gift for a particular person and it was waiting in that line, I'm not doing it. They're not getting it. Yeah, I was at West County Mall on the 23rd. I think it was the Pandora store. That's exactly. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. wh- what? What are people doing? I don't it know. Was, and it wasn't like two or three people in line. I mean, this thing was around, around the, the corner. Store. Yeah, Cr- it was crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. Hey, um, I don't know what to start with first here because we have, um, you know, baseball is a long way off, but the winter warm up is coming up. We've got um, soccer, which is coming up. We just talked about it. Blue season is ongoing, and also Mizzou in the bowl game this week. So. Let's let's actually go ahead and start with the Blues. Here we are at the Christmas break. We're getting into the new year, so we're about halfway through the season. As you look at them, and with a new head coach, an interim head coach, what do you expect to happen in the second half of the season? I don't have high expectations, to be honest with you, and I hope I'm wrong. They're, right now, they're they're one point out of a playoff spot. Uh, Arizona's got 36 points. They have 35 points, so they're right where they need to be in terms of playoff contention. I just, I've seen it so many times, and, and look, I realized what happened the last time the Blues made a coaching change in the middle of the season, but things like that generally don't happen. More often than not, when you make the coaching change, you get a bump for a little while, and then you really start to fall off. And more often than not, you're worse than you were before the coaching change. And I'm just, I'm worried that's going to happen to the Blues. Now, look, Robert Thomas is having a nice season. Jordan Kyrou's turned it around here a little bit since the coaching change. Uh, Those are the two guys that if they're scoring goals and if they're being productive, then the Blues have an opportunity to be a playoff team. So I'm very hopeful that that happens. I want to be wrong. I want the Blues to be a team that's uh, contending for a playoff spot and maybe finds a way to sneak in. But my, my expectations right now are not very high. You know, Matt, you're talking about coaching changes and the bump that can come from them. Sometimes the answer is not making a coaching change and allowing that continuity to go on. There were people uh, within the the uh, Mizzou community, not only fans, but uh, from my sources, some people on the inside in relatively important positions who uh, wanted Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of the Tigers, out after last season, a third straight sort of mediocre year. Uh, for Missouri. Now, the mediocre 2020 year was against only SEC competition, so so maybe that uh, should be given 
a slightly better billing than mediocre. But either way, he wasn't blowing the doors off people. This year, Missouri is 10-2 and two with losses only at Georgia and at home to LSU, both games that were close into the fourth quarter. And now they get an opportunity on a national stage Friday night at uh, Jerry World in Arlington, the Cotton Bowl, playing Ohio State. I guess uh, how much do you, do you think the Cotton Bowl outcome matters for this Missouri momentum that has built and is now maybe at an all-time high uh, in the lead-up to this game? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think the game matters. Uh, I, you know, Missouri, you, you look at Ohio State and the opt-outs and things like that, this is a really great opportunity for Missouri to uh, get a great bowl win, to have an 11-win season, to, to really show what kind of season they had. I don't yeah, – Drinkwitz has recruited so well over the last few years, whether they're winning six or seven games or whether they're winning ten. So the moment, I, don't, I don't know if the momentum of the program is connected to the result of the Cotton Bowl, but I do think that this is a great opportunity for them to win, and it would be a huge accomplishment for, for the program and for the athletic department. And to the point you were making a moment ago, I think – we should all take a step back and learn something from the decision that Missouri made. I'm a big believer in loyalty and giving people time to do their jobs. You don't get those jobs for no reason. There's there You have accomplished something in your career to get that opportunity. Sometimes things happen, and you just got to continue to work through it. But schools, and, and I mean, this goes to Cheers should have been canceled after a year. Seinfeld should have been canceled after a year. Like great things that are given chances to succeed so often do eventually find that momentum and find who they're going to be. And I think what we're seeing right now with Missouri is really the start of them being a program. I mean, not that they're going to win 10 wins every year. They're not. But to be a program that can consistently be in the top third of the SEC, that's, that's pretty darn good. Are you saying that uh, Missouri football is basically Seinfeld? I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. But um, right. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, right. The, the line's been fluctuating. They were favorites. Now they're not. But it's, it's uh, you know, plus one, minus one, which means that the, this game is almost a pick. So it's not fun to be a bookmaker for bowl games, for non-playoff bowl games these days because of all the opt-outs and everything. Yeah, you have to sort of project. I mean, Ohio State's going to be down a starting quarterback who's already standing on the sideline for another school's bowl game. So uh, do you think, uh, Matt, and you were talking about this being a, a pretty uh, substantial win for them in terms of of the program and being big for the program, does it matter if Ohio state has a few guys sitting out this one? I don't think so. I, at the end of the day, you win against a top 10 team in a big time bowl and you have 11 wins. I don't think what the team on the other side actually looks like matters when it comes to the, you know, the, the legacy of that win. I think that's probably right. Especially when you consider it's a, it's a big name blue blood school like Ohio state. So uh, with that in mind, Matt, do you have, and maybe you're reserving this for slightly later in the week uh, since you still have three days and who knows any number of people could opt out between now and then anything could happen. Uh, Do you have a pick at this point that is sort of percolating in your mind for Friday night? I think Missouri wins. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think forward pick. I love it. A lot of percolation happening there. (laughs) Are you looking for hey, a score? I, yeah, I don't what know, a score. But, uh, well, they got to win reason, by a lot. Any reason at all. Just show your work. Two touchdowns. Yeah, show your work, Matt. Um, let's see. We'll go. Um, let's go 35-31, Missouri. Okay. 
<laughs> Again, just the shortest it could possibly be. Oh, Matt. <laughs> Matt Foley, you're my favorite. Hey, any uh, any baseball stuff you want to you wanna tell us about? Any news? Any, any things happening? I had a dream. Oh, Can God. I, oh, God. Oh, Lord. Woo! Yeah, okay. We're cooking. So this dream happened on um, leading into Christmas Eve. It took on Christmas Eve. So Wait, is Shohei this a Cardinals dream? Oh, okay, signed, it is. Okay, yeah. Right. He had already signed his deal with the Dodgers, so it really wasn't relevant. But um, my dream was Hold that... on. Did you have a dream about Shohei Otani? Yes. Who has wow. it? Yes, I did. Okay. I had, it, this gets really dark here in a second. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I had a dream okay. that I was the one who was going to, to uh, give Shohei the tour of St. Louis, like welcome and, you know, try to try to sell him on the Cardinals. And it was very clear he wasn't going to sign with the Cardinals. And I locked him <laughs> like I basically kidnapped him. What? <laughs> and I locked him into like a like a storage unit Come and he got out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fired over it. So, yeah. There you go. So, okay, so I, I, there are a few things here. I, I don't know what's the craziest part about this dream. Number one, that the Cardinals would have appointed Matt Pauley as, like, that's the guy who's going to show Shohei Otani like, what St. Louis is oh, all about. Number, number two, how quickly that appointment devolved into the kidnapping. Dodgers, hold on, hold on. I think the craziest part, the craziest part is number three, that Matt Pauley that thought, you know what I should do? Share this on KMOX today. The, the Dodgers are using... Old videos of Kobe, Kobe Bryant saying, you've got to come play here in Los Angeles. The Cardinals send out Matt Pauley. Yep. <laughs> that was the dream. I think Matt's on an FBI watch list I now, too. Matt's was... dreaming about kidnapping a, a very uh, wealthy and high-profile individual. That's a good way to get your uh, get yourself under surveillance there, Pauley. Literally in my dream, I got called into our boss's office. Steve Moore made an appearance in my dream, and he's like, did this happen? Like yeah, it's like well yeah, you can't work here anymore. <laughs> even even in a dream, Matt's still an honest man. He still tells it like it is. <laughs> you can't work in a here closet. anymore. He got out somehow. <laughs> I, I do like though that that still the the most severe consequence that happened at least during the length of the dream was just that he couldn't work at KMOX anymore. Not that you know the feds showed up and were like, hey, you kidnapped a seven hundred million dollar man. <laughs> just Steve Moore. He's the enforcement mechanism. No more KMOX for you, Paulie. Wow. Wow, that is so funny, dude. We'll take the Ranjis, but we draw the line of kidnapping. Wow. Buddy, that's one of the best things of it. Like, you are, (laughs) it's by far the best story you've ever told us. It just, there's something very dark about you. Yeah. Damn, man. You're having dreams about Otani. (laughs) He decides not to come here, so Matt kidnaps him. That's how the people of St. Louis can trust that Matt Pauley is on their side. He was so enraged that Shohei Otani did not sign here that his subconscious concocted a scenario in which he locked Shohei Otani in a storage locker. That is phenomenal. Or a closet. That's phenomenal. Wow. Well, you know what? I think it shows your passion, really. Yeah. Yeah. About baseball, about the Cardinals, about locking people (laughs) in storage units, you know. Just to clarify for any oh, of our, our uh, law enforcement oh, listeners, you have never and do not plan to lock anyone in any sort of closet, storage locker, or other enclosed who cares, facility who cares against if he their does? will. Trying to, don't, stop trying to protect them. 
I feel like I have to because you and Amy, you and Amy don't do enough to protect Matt Pauly. He needs to be protected. It's his fault. Oh, so he needs to be protected. I'm not saying he's a a, a national treasure yet, but I consider Matt at least a St. Louis treasure, firmly entrenched at this point. And you, you and Amy do not do enough to respect that. He's an adult. No, I've had. I if there's one thing I draw the line on, Matt. Let me tell you something. Your whatever's going on in your head, man. It's it's perfect. It's just perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Nate on this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, pleased. Oh, you've got the the Cardinals show the uh, coming up here. Is it Thursday? It's, it's Thursday. Yeah, we on Thursday. Okay. No, well, it's Tuesday. So right? We've been over. Card still no, works. I will uh, make it in today for Sports Open Line. What's uh, what about tonight? What do you have tonight? Six to eight Sports Open Line. Still figuring out what that's going to look like. All right. You can tell <laughs> that story again. I may. You, you need to. You really should because it's a, you know, it might be a bit of a different audience. So let okay. them know what you did. There you go. In my dream. Matt Pauley, appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bro, what is wrong with him? He's just a, he's just a good guy. And beneath <laughs> every good guy, sometimes there's something that's got to be worked out. That's so good. Uh, anyway, uh, 314-436-7900. Did anybody the out there? Anybody out there had a dream about? Uh, I don't know. Shohei kidnapping Otani, a superstar kidnapping. so that they could play for one of your favorite teams. I'd love to hear about it. Well, the the best part about that too is that it, it's not even so that he would play for the Cardinals because he's not going to. How are you going to get him to play for the Cardinals if he's locked in a closet? You know, it, it, like there's really no, no end game no, here. What, what don't you understand? He's trying to get him to change his mind. By locking him in a closet. That's right. So this is going to be a long-term thing, though, long enough like for Stockholm Syndrome to set in. Nate Gatter in for Amy Marks cores. Maybe Matt's kidnapped Amy. Maybe. Maybe she's in a closet. That could be. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. I just want to recap what happened during the last segment, if you're just joining us. First of all, you want to listen on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can rewind. You can listen live. You can listen to the podcast of the show when it's over. Um... And if you missed what happened during the last segment, our sports fella, Matt Pauley, who hosts Sports Open Line, Cardinals pre and post game coverage. He does um, all of our sports stuff. He is here. He, he's our guy, right? Matt let us know that he had a dream. Was it the was it Christmas Eve or the night before Christmas or uh, night before uh, uh, Christmas Eve? Whatever it was, it was in the last. It was, couple it was of around days. there. Yeah, he had a dream that he. Was the person <laughs> he was the person the Cardinals hired to show Shohei Otani around to give him the, the lay of the land and to try to recruit him to play for the Cardinals instead of going somewhere else. And when Shohei decided not to play here, in Matt's dream, he kidnapped him, locked him in a closet. I guess with, for the purpose of trying to convince him to change his mind. And uh, he said somehow Otani got out. And the only punishment he faced was that he was fired by our boss, Steve Moore. That's it. No jail time. Maybe the dream no just hadn't else. progressed long enough. You know, normally the, the feds like to take their time before charging, really have built the case. Uh, I Dude. I mean, though, if Steve knows about it, you, you feel like maybe Steve was wearing a wire too when he's asking him, "Did this really happen?" They have you know? to. They have to arrest him right away. You can't let somebody like that out. 
and let them, you know. I mean, where's he going to go? He's a flight risk. Matt Pauly? Yeah. He hosts Sports Open Line. He's got to be here at 6 tonight. You know where he's going to be. Well, okay. Let's say you're Matt Pauly. I guess he's fired, though, Let's so say then he wouldn't need to. Listen to me. Let's okay. say you're Matt Pauly, and you have just been caught kidnapping a baseball superstar. Yeah. Um, because you're trying to convince him to play for your team. doesn't uh, work out. He gets loose. Obviously, he notifies yeah. the authorities that you did it. Okay? You get fired. Are you telling me that if you think you could be in danger of going to prison, that instead of fleeing and hiding, you go to work as normal? I don't know what I would do in this scenario, but I, I think, you know, we had our little money laundering conversation earlier, and yeah. you were saying you, you don't think you could be a, much of a money launderer. You're not really sure what it is, and it just seems a little, you know, it's it would be a lot to do successfully. Mm-hmm. What makes you think that if you couldn't launder money, which would you would have the advantage of the fact that the, the cops wouldn't be looking for you actively when you started because they wouldn't know you were going to start laundering money until you did. Right. What makes you think that you couldn't do that, but you would be able to evade federal law enforcement for any significant it's, period of you're time? Not, you you got to try. Just give it your you best have shot? To, you have, yeah, you got you to gotta get out. Okay. I think that's you know? speaking. We talked earlier about how we, you know, we want listener participation today because we don't have a, t- a ton on the agenda. We're not really locked into things. I would love to know from people sort of the bare bones if they were if they were fleeing, uh, trying to, to, you know, what's the long-term plan? Like mm-hmm. a Central American country with not a lot of extradition and you can hide out somewhere in some cottage in the jungle. I mean, I'd love to hear from people what their mindset would be if they had to flee uh, after, after committing a, a crime such as kidnapping Shohei Otani. Also, if anything embarrassing happened at your holiday party, your Christmas party yesterday, if it was you, if it was a family member... We'd like to hear about it. 314-436-7900. Or you can send us a voicemail if you just want to drop it to us. 314-944-1120. When we come back, we're going to go over everything you missed. And you missed quite a bit so far. It's Nate Gatter in for Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. The Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 